Microphone check, one, two, what is this? You're now listening to a brand new episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Look what you done started. Talk to him. Attorney, high-performance coach, and speaker Cherie Prince asks hard questions to really get to the bottom of what makes entrepreneurs tick. From starting a business, marketing, strategies, and the ins and outs of their industries. We talk everything from book recommendations, lifestyle hacks, and everything possible to get you inspired and motivated to build your own business. The Play Big Faster podcast starts now. Let's go. This is Sheree. Welcome to another edition of the Play Big Faster podcast. We are joined today by Anthony Reed, and Mr. Reed is with the USDA. And there are just so many opportunities um, that are available to the USDA. And he is here to tell us about some of those for ranchers and farmers and other business owners. Hi, Mr. Reed. How are you doing today? I'm well, thank you. And yourself? Listen, I can't complain a bit. I grew up on a small farm and the notions that I had about the USDA are totally different now that I met people like you who are actually working within that organization. So tell us a little bit about who you are and the people that you serve. Great. Uh, again, my name is Anthony Reed. I am now the state outreach coordinator for USDA Farm Service Agency in the state of Louisiana. But I'm also the beginner farmer and rancher coordinator in Louisiana as well. So I wear two different hats. One being the state outreach coordinator, I pretty much kind of oversee all of the outreach activity for USDA Farm Service Agency throughout the state. I do majority of the major events in the state, and then we actually have a lot of uh, smaller events at the parish level. So I work with the local staff to get them to go out and do those particular events uh, so that they, um, the local staff will know its, its constituents around that particular area so they'll know who to call they have, have a question or concern. But again, I, I do more of the major events to make sure those things are happening. And then to kind of help coordinate those monthly bulletins that we send out of all the current program services that are available to our constituents in the state of Louisiana. I oversee those going out as well as text messages that goes out, again, talking about the, the current program and services. And then on the other side, the beginner former rancher coordinator, that is a, well, that's a, that's a state outreach coordinator in every, uh, every state. But it's also beginning to form a rancher coordinator as well in every state. So there's somebody who's on the ground in every state to kind of help those new and beginner farmers out to help point them in the right direction. Tell them not only about FSA's program, but also tell them about rural development programs, natural resources, conservation services, and things of that nature. So what I do on a daily basis, I may get phone calls and say, well, look, I want I want to get a loan. Okay, my first question is, you know, do you already have a farm land already? And then if they do, do you have a farm serial number? Because the farm serial number is the core foundation for you to receive service from USDA in general. What a farm serial number is, is basically just, it's a, like a social security number for a farm that let us register your farm with USDA, and then you'll be able to go to any branch of USDA to receive services. So some of those services could be like for farm service agency, we provide loans. Uh, whether you're a new beginner farmer or you're a seasoned farmer, we actually have a variety of loans that actually could assist you. Now we have a loan that we call micro loans, which is ideal for a new beginner farmer, which is basically a maximum of about $50,000. 
you can get uh, a loan for $50,000 for operating, which you can cover by uh, equipment, buying supplies, repairing things of that nature. You can get a loan for that. But then, too, you may not have a far, uh, some farmland, but you may have an opportunity to buy some. You can get up to $50,000 to buy a farm piece of land to, to operate off of. And then, too, if you want to buy larger sums of, of, of land, uh, we have a down payment process, but you have to come up with at least 5% of the cost of the land. And then FSA will loan you 45% of the cost of the land, and then you're required to get 50% from a traditional uh, lending source like a bank, credit union, and so forth. But being a being a, a, a young, new beginner farmer, you can get at least half of it pretty much working with us. You be 5%, we do 45, and then you get 50 from a, another traditional source. And let's kind of, let's unpack that for just a moment, because what are some of the advantages in terms of someone who may be credit challenged with working with USDA? Are the are the credit guidelines the same? Are they different? Um, can I have a lower score work with USDA than I would go into a traditional lender? Well, let, let me say this. Now, FSA does not directly look at your credit score as a, de- as a determination for you getting a loan or not. They really want to know, do you have the capability of paying back the loan more so than anything? So you will be sitting down with them and they'll work with you to create a feasible uh, business plan to show that you actually can create a product that you can sell it and that you'll be able to pay the, pay the, loan, pay the loan back. Now, they will sit down and look at you and, and look at your prior, uh, I guess, credit history to see what, what those things are on your credit. I mean, most times we've actually had people come in, there's, there's justification and reasoning for why those debts are there, whether it's hospital or you're out of work or you were sick and things of that nature. You will have all those discussions with your loan officer. But again, though, your credit score is not a deterrent pretty much in terms of you being, or the only deterrent whether you receive a, a loan or not. You mentioned something early on, and I just want to make sure that we have a distinction. USDA is like the big umbrella, but there's FSA, there's National Resource Conservation, and you mentioned one more one more facet of it. Could you kind of just distinguish those for us and tell us kind of what they do? Again, FSA, which is Farm Service Agency, we are pretty much a, a two-pronged agency. One is that we provide funding support through loans where you can actually buy land or you could actually, or for your farm, or you can buy operating funds to help, you know, take care of your farm, whether it's buy seeds, equipment, and so forth. The Natural Resource Conservation Services, which is our sister agency, they're more so the technical agency in terms of you how to get your farm up to a place to where it's not uh, good, has good grasses, that where the soil is not eroding, that you're environmental friendly and things of that nature. Then there's also a risk management agency under USDA, and they're pretty much a kind of like an insurance agency to kind of help support your your farm enterprise. So when you have a disaster and things of that nature, you can recoup some of those expenses back because you've got an insurance policy, just like your regular house insurance, car insurance, et cetera. And then there's also um, what's called rural development, which is another branch of USDA, which they focus much on community development from the rules perspective, but they also have a grant that some farmers actually utilize called a value-added producer grant. And this grant allows farmers to apply for a grant. It's usually in the early part of the year. They can get money to help market their products or to do value-added to their products, such as you may be doing, um, just say, peppers. They may decide to create hot sauce, or you may decide to do tomatoes and do tomato paste or things of that nature. But you can actually get a grant through USDA Rural Development. It's called a value-added producer grant that allows you to even to market that product 
product labeling and so forth. But it's an excellent program for somebody who's actually trying to start out small and trying to get their products out to the general public. Okay. Now, in the ongoing training, let's talk about what those monthly training sessions look like that you help facilitate. What are some of the topics that you assist people with getting? Well, like today, we're doing a uh, workshop here in Broussard, Louisiana. We're doing on a microloans. We have a lot of young farmers in this particular area. They're not familiar with um, the requirements for the loan in terms of what you need to bring in you know, what the value of the loan maximum is, you know, or about the credit you need, you know, things of that nature. So we are basically covering all those requirements about microloans in this part of the state because we haven't really been here actively in some time period. So we're now trying to make sure we get out and address the needs of those clients in this area. But then we work closely with um, LSU. We work closely with Southern University on providing avenues where they can come in and talk to farmers about in terms of how to uh, better manage your farm enterprise, whether it's cows, goats, sheep, chicken, whatever it is, you know, make sure you can do the best you can with growing that particular product. Because again, though, uh, anything for us is that you being able to pay the, our loans back. So if you're out there having a successful farm enterprise, you're pretty much saying that I can do my run my business, pay off all my debt, and then make a profit, pay my loan off, and then have some money to live off of after. That's what we call a successful farm enterprise. Well, let's unpack some of that because the beginning farmers and ranchers course that you that you offer and just those programs, I know you said it starts with having a farm number. So if I have an idea, hey, I want to have a farm or a ranch, where do you recommend that people start? Other than having the farm number, what are some of the prerequisites to get that farm number? Well, really just sitting down and, and thinking about what you're really trying to do. And you can start by calling me or you can call a um, beginner farmer or rancher coordinator in any of the states. They actually have a coordinator and talk to them about your idea. You kind of flush your idea out, make sure it's feasible because some enterprises are not feasible in, in certain states or even feasible in certain parts of the state. So that, I will actually start there. Again, there's a, there's a website you can go on and find out who your coordinator is for your state. And then each USD agency has a coordinator, a sub-coordinator in their particular branch of government. But FSA is the lead person who has the beginner form and ranching coordinator in each state. I would start there, make that phone call, schedule time either talk over the phone or come in in person and really talk about your idea. So you can, and our role is to kind of point them in the right direction because everybody don't necessarily need need a loan. Some people just need some technical assistance. And there are some agencies that's out there, which is our, your land-grant schools. Like in Louisiana, there there's two. There's Southern University and there's LSU. Those both of those entities have what we call extension programs that provide education and training workshops on how to better run your your farm enterprises. They also have small farmers conferences as well to help you better understand to you know maximize your profit on your enterprise. Well, one thing that I've learned since I've been speaking with you is about the importance of the farm number because it's kind of like almost like a census. When you have a farm number, the government knows how many farms we have in this area. And can you kind of just tell us the importance of allocating, you know, funds to certain areas based on the number of farm registrations you have in that area? Right. And that's twofold again, because everybody don't, doesn't need federal government. So sometimes you just need to make sure that you are, are known. So in case you ever need USDA assistance, you would definitely have to have a farm serial number. You have to be registered with, with USDA. And then on top of it, you still have to complete your NAS, which is your National Agricultural Statistics Service survey that comes out. Because that's the core 
for determining the amount of fog in that particular state. And again, the numbers of dollars that are allocated to each state, to each agency is based on the number of farms that they understand is in that particular state. So NAS will allow you to do that. But with the farm serial number, again, it'll allow you to register with USDA. So when you go in, they'll know the type of enterprise that you're involved in. Uh, they have some idea that who has to have work with you. And then too, we want you to, once you have an enterprise, is that once you plant, but you report those planting dates you know, to us as well, because when a disaster come along, you have lost all your information about your farm enterprise, your planting dates, what you actually plant. You actually have a record with the federal government already. So in order to recoup some of those expenses, you will basically reach back out to your USDA agency, farm service agency. They will be able to provide their support about what you actually uh, was planning. And then too, we also provide some disaster assistance. You know, we've actually had quite a bit of disasters here in Louisiana. And uh, Farm Service Agency actually have disasters to support livestock as to for, for farms and so forth to get you back to your, your prior state from those prior disasters. So we so it's so, so important that you register your farm with USDA Farm Service Agency. Because again, you won't be able to get funding or support from any other USDA agency unless you have a farm serial number. Now, with the request for disaster relief, is there like a pre-registration process where you say, hey, I have 10 heads of cattle. I have three goats out here, 14 chickens. Is it that detailed or is it more general as it relates to registration? Well, registering your farm, it's registering your, your um, production. Say, for instance, you're planting sugarcane or cotton or, say, purple peas. You will let the office know that you planted a certain date and so many acres. So again, we want you to we want to know what you're planning because on certain dates the market shows a certain dollar value for those particular enterprises. So we want to record that those particular enterprises and that date so we know what the value of the market was at that particular time. Because you don't want to go in and the market has dropped immensely and then you have no record of it. But that big factor right there. But when it comes to disaster. You you will register with us, but once a disaster comes, then you'll go in and apply. But you'll receive a notice from your local parish because we send out monthly bulletins and say it's time. You know, for those of you who may have had disaster uh, problems as related to livestock, you know, now the time for you to go in and register with the agency. Or if you've actually had disasters as related to your row crops, now is the time to go in and do those things as well. <clears throat> and then too, we have other disasters too, but you know, things like you may have lost a substantial amount of head of cows because of, of lightning or other major disasters that had nothing to do with you as an individual farmer. We actually have disasters to kind of help you with that as well. Or even sometimes there's major droughts in the state where you may have had to transport your livestock to area where there's water. There's assistance to help you with droughts as well. So it's, it's a number of different programs. But again, though, you, there's a couple things you can do. You need to register your farm. But then, too, you also need to make sure that you are connected with your local parish or your local county office to where you can definitely uh, receive those notices on a monthly basis about all the current programs and services that are out there. So, and this is a, a question that I know some people, you know, may be wondering about. In, in, in the instance that you've had a disaster, what is a realistic time frame on actually getting some relief? You know, because if I reported on this day, is there generally like a 30-day, a 60-day process? Because, you know, you have farmers and ranchers who this is their livelihood. So if they're looking to kind of right. get back to where they were, what do you advise people as it relates to working with your agency and getting that relief? 
Well, the relief time frame is it's a standard time frame, but it, it will vary depending on how how bad the storm is and so forth. Because I know through uh, uh, the Mr. Reed, thank you so much for being with us and just sharing this knowledge because farmers and ranchers are actually running a business as well. And so here at the Play Big Faster podcast, we just want to make sure that we have information for every type of business, every phase of business. And you've been so helpful today. Thank you so much. And till next time, this has been another edition of the Play Big Faster podcast. Till next time. Do you want to start your own business? Confused about where to begin? Not sure if you can do this? I'm glad you made your way here. Cut through the confusion. I invite you to join in on the five-day Play Big Faster Challenge. You'll get step-by-step guidance on how to start and scale your dream business faster. Five days perfectly structured. Build the business you've always dreamed of without spending tons of money and hiring consultants or a lot of staff. Join the challenge today at www.playbigfaster.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Want more entrepreneurial content? I like this. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes. Already subscribed. I just clicked on it. Don't forget to like and leave a review. Share with a friend that needs this in their life. I think you need this more than I. Oh, and make sure to follow Cherie on IG at Cherie Speaks. And remember to play big faster.